Hi, Gala. Hey, Rose. What's up? <laughs> um, happy Libra season. It's fall. Looks great out there. Actually, I don't know what it looks like over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it looks like over here either, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, fall. I would like to call fall fall no matter what hemisphere you're in. Let's just, I just love saying fall. I just, that's my caveat basically is that I think that I don't want anybody in the Southern hemisphere to be like, these bitches think that everybody's on North American time. Uh, But I also want people to know that saying fall a lot feels good to me. (laughs) It it does. And like, I'm sorry. I'm, I've just only ever been where I am and that, uh, is the basis of my understanding of the seasons and how they work. Yeah, we're just here to bring you um, a little bit of Libra energy right off the bat. <laughs> like just considering the experiences of others, having a little conversation about what informs our choices, and ultimately settling it on going our way anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gotta laugh out of Rose. <laughs> You know, I, like I just that. love to ask for advice and not take it. Mm, me too. As a Libra, Mars, and Mercury, I want everybody to know that as we continue this conversation, whatever a Libra shade might might wind up slipping past my lips, that I, I mean it truly and deeply when I say I am speaking of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. I also want to point out, though, I rarely do, that also Libra is my midheaven. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> don't take it personal. Don't. Don't take it personal. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's Libra season. If you're in the northern hemisphere, there is a chill in the air. The days are growing shorter. Mm-hmm. Where I am, I'm starting to see the aspens turn yellow, and I have to buy firewood. That's, like, where I'm at right now. Yeah, I've noticed that as the days grow shorter, so do a lot of people's patients grow shorter. <laughs> have, you, <laughs> have you noticed that, Rose? I mean, yeah, I've also just noticed that like my capacity grows uh, more compact. Mm-hmm. Uh, my desire to stay in bed and forget the rest. My days are starting later and ending earlier. Yeah. I mean, you're really in tune with the earth, that sounds like, you know. I'm just fucking tired of living through multiple once-in-a-lifetime experiences and being expected to still fucking pay rent and pay for internet and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I think that, um, you know, there is something to be said for the kind of American post-vaccine experience Right. Like, I think it's like last year, like, you know, let's say it's like last year in the summer, people were like, oh, like maybe the, maybe the vaccine will be real soon. You know, maybe we'll just have it real soon. And then things will go back to normal. God, when the vaccine comes. And of course, like you had to wait until like the next year. Right. And so then it's like, you're hitting like March, February again. Right. That's like the preceding March and February. And it's sort of like, okay, we just have to, we just have to let everybody else go first. The people who really need it, they'll get the vaccine and then we'll get the vaccine and then we'll be able to go back to normal. Right. And then what do you find out? You find out that people who both 
desperately need it and people who don't necessarily think they desperately need it are just like no thanks that's chill um i have some what do you call it like the of my own research well yeah the my own research but it's like that art the what aboutism arguments what about aids <laughs> you know like if they can't find a like a fucking vaccine for that then how can they already have a vaccine for this it's like well i don't think you know how that works <laughs> <laughs> but cool i'm glad you've been doing your own research but you forgot to research what a virus is yeah I also want to say those same people seem to not care about saving the children anymore. Have you noticed that? That was real short-lived. Listen, I believe that we found out in America, I don't want to speak about the other countries because we all know that in the other countries, American people have never cared about the children. But in terms of our own American American children, (laughs) I would say that we've had plenty of information about the level of investment that um, American voting citizens have had in, quote unquote, the children uh, post Sandy Hook. Fair, but save the children for a couple months and then forget about it and actually fuck these kids, you know? Let's send them to school uh, unvaccinated without masks and make it illegal to protect them. Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I will say there's, of course, some some good news in the world, you know. Um, Please tell me. <laughs> we all know that Libra is very invested in justice, represented by justice. Um, and uh, the tarot uh, and... <laughs> Um, as we all know, Libra is not all fun and face powder. Libra also really is a sign that is related to justice and justice movements. They are a cardinal sign. They like to think about what matters and move accordingly. Yeah. And, you know, in the past couple of weeks before this recording, we have seen some wins, which is really lovely. So, um, you know, in Berlin, we saw a win because a lot of the people of Berlin rose up and demanded to reclaim housing from big corporate, big corporate corporations. <laughs> Yeah, they voted to socialize roughly 200,000 rental par- rental properties. Yeah, amazing, right? Yeah, if only we could cool. do that over here. I'm looking at you, Zillow. And speaking of land, there is some good news in the U.S. because mm. basically Mendocino Coast, Blues Beach, has been transferred back to local Native American tribes that cool. claim to it. Good. That's good. Which is amazing. Amazing. It is, the Blues Beach property is actually 172 acres of land. That's awesome. And I just think, you know, when I saw that, I was like, all right, there's a win on our side too. Yeah. Well, it's also like, I feel like there's this Libra notion too of like taking care of what's in your possession. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like the idea of like, yeah, like give it, give it to the folks who know what the fuck they're doing and are just destroying it, poisoning it, who understand like the real value of it that has nothing to do with money. I also think there's something about, I don't know. I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, it's like who owns land really like, like this land was never 
meant to be transferred back. It was never meant to be taken, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's an idea of ownership and legality and sort of the negotiation of needing to use the tools at your disposal to carry out the justice that is above right man's law, which is what justice yeah. is all about. Like the card, not our yeah. American ideas of it. Right. Um, well, cause it's also this idea of like, you know, t- taking something by force and with like incredible violence and then installing like a bunch of bullshit bureaucracy to like legitimize what you've done. And make it, like, hard to undo. Hey, is there anything else that we can think of that involves somebody just taking something by force that they don't really have any claim to? Wait, are you talking about the son of emerald miners buying and then uh, sullying the... Uh, a company named after a guy who wanted to socialize electricity? Is that what you're talking about? And his, his ex queer baiting us with a bad what? sci fi storyline? I don't know. I think you need to say more. <laughs> so um, the Associated Press has been picking up. Um, Right, Elon Musk and Grimes like uh, are semi-separated at this point, and NASA awarded Elon Musk $178 million for space exploration. Uh, and then Grimes joked separately in an email that she would like to take half of that money and start her own lesbian commune on Europa, one of the moons of Jupiter. Is that what you're talking about? I think that was what I was talking about. Yeah. Let me just Google Grimes lesbian moon to see if there's any more details that I need to share with you. I'll be colonizing Europa separately from Elon for the lesbian space commune. She wrote in an email today to page six in July, blah, 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 blah. They're also getting sued. I just want to know who is even going to be living in this lesbian commune with her. Like literally the only person that I've heard wanting to work with her again is Azalea Banks. Right. Uh, I forgot about that. Speaking of chaotic bisexuals. I just am like, who is, who is populating this lesbian commune on the moon with you and your blood money? Ellen? You know what? You are absolutely 100% right. How did, how did I not come to that conclusion earlier? <laughs> you know, we'll see if Portia goes with. Do you think that Portia's trapped? Yeah. I do. So wait, let's go back. Yeah. So Grimes yes. are like Aries anti-hero. <laughs> Right? Well, I just have Uh, so many questions. Like, is she actually queer? Has she ever said she was? Or this is just like a funny joke that she has? I mean, here's the thing. In my mind, she's probably queer. You know, that's the vibe. But no, I want to say it's like, mm, this is where queerness really gets into trouble. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. in an antiquated sense, she looks real queer and in a <laughs> and like in an antiquated sense she's made a lot of queer choices yeah um in a in a like homosexual queer sense there's not a lot queer about the choices she's made no 
right? So it's like, even if she might have an open sexuality, um, an open, an open for our suggestion sexuality, which like, to be honest, is actually very rare for Aries people. And then sure that I could believe that, but it's like, once you marry like a man who wants to colonize face, like, are you queer? Yeah. It feels like just a weird, like girl boss version of colonization. I mean, one might say that there's lots of girl boss in colonization. Yeah, right? for <laughs> sure, for sure, right? I was listening to some podcast and they were talking about the Rosewood Massacre and like in the 1920s, one of the KKK's like big messages was like protect womanhood at all costs, right? Like how many cities have literally burned? Less white women are responsible for a lot, for a lot of, of violence. Horrors. Yeah, a lot of violence in this in this world. Yeah. Um, that's also like a Libra journey. It's like mm-hmm. to be both the perpetrator mm-hmm. and the victim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it just feels the gesture in general uh, feels out of touch uh, from from the us. How much was going to get spent on this? Well, okay, so let's break it down. If it's 178 million and ostensibly they divide it by two, right? Because he gets his half, she gets hers. She's got 89 mm-hmm. million. Eighty-nine million. Yeah. You think that's enough to to build a whole new commune in space? That actually seems a little light for a whole commune in space, but I feel like there's a lot of things that you could do on Earth with that money. What makes a lesbian commune? What does it require? Maybe that's a part of the pricing. You know, lesbian commune. But here's the thing. Maybe we should talk about the difference. This is also a Libra journey. Yeah, yeah. The difference between... Uh, a queer lesbian commune and a Grimes lesbian commune. <laughs> oh man, you need um, all of your seed starts, right? Uh, you probably need some acoustic guitars at the very least. Six, Just a couple, six to eight, depending on how many. <laughs> one drum set, only one. Yeah, that's plenty. Please, no more. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're gonna definitely need enough land to hold several different like acreage projects of rescue farm animals yeah rescue farm animals um where do rescue pit bulls fall in they're not rescue farm animals okay so that's a separate part of this. they're just going to be roaming free because a lot of queer lesbians don't understand what a leash is <laughs> and so <laughs> They're actually gonna just be no, like, no, it's okay. Around. He's friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do they need? They need some kind of. Um, I mean, how are they getting around this commune? Are we? Are they gonna ride rescue horses, or is the subjugation of the animals um, insulting? <gasps> Do we need well, some I want to kind vehicles? of, I mean, as we're going, I think it's valuable just because as we mentioned, Grimes is an Aries. So it's mm. interesting to think about the sort of not all Aries. We know this, yeah. but to kind of um, think about the Aries, like the solo kind of like what I, what I believe is good and right mm. for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, commune versus this queer lesbian commune that might be in the opposing camp in a kind of Libran experience. Yes. So, um, because as we know, Libra is in opposition to Aries and the Zodiac. So beyond 
this Libran queer commune, which is not just a lesbian commune, right? That's the first step. We're like, oh, actually, it's not going to be just a lesbian commune. It's going to be really just about people who are invested in living with like the kind of true queer understanding of what it means to build a life together model. Yeah. Like we share an organic farm in the middle and take turns horse. Sitting. We're not interested in the hetero patriarchy. Nope. We're not interested in commodifying who we are. We're not, even if we do create something right. That's like for the purpose of sustaining our commune. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be about making it into a capitalist venture. No, no profits. <laughs> the profit is going to go right back to the people. Exactly. We just buy more right. sex wedges, you know, if you make <laughs> any more money. Or maybe we just start a clap. We need a wood shop there, right? Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. lesbian makers. Be- there's going to be a wood shop, so you're going to need all the tools required in that wood shop. There's going to, you know, you're really going yeah. to have to build it out. Whereas, like, um, what, is, what does Grime need? Like a 50 foot disco ball, some lasers. Um... Well, here's here's some thoughts <laughs> that I'm having. A lot of a lot of the queer commune is also probably not going to be super invested in buying all new things. So they're probably going to have to keep collecting and trading out what is going to in the end, trick out the commune. So I would imagine, for instance, in uh, comparison, that while, say, Grimes might have one of those, like, giant infinity pools (laughs) on her lesbian commune, whether she builds it in some kind of weird dome on the moon or in whatever land she decides to colonize here on Earth, I feel like a queer commune would just try to find land that Mm -hmm. they can heal and restore Mm -hmm. (laughs) and possibly has a couple of hot springs that are just sort of holes in the earth. Yeah, lesbians love holes. Lesbians love <laughs> lesbians love hot holes. They do. And also, it's like if there's going to be a pool, it is going to either be stolen mm. from some derelict mm-hmm. mansion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or it's going to be slowly painstakingly built with stone slabs by <laughs> lesbians out of work by the time. earth signs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there's like a big shared library, right? Of course. Sex of libraries. But it's not just a library, it's a mobile library, and they drive it around the community all the time. They could have the community kitchen, and then all the vegetable oil gets recycled into a biodiesel. A mobile mm-hmm. library slash mobile vet clinic slash mobile health clinic. <laughs> There's just like 1,000 vintage cars on the land, like vintage hearses that have been like repurposed to be <laughs> service cars. Oh my gosh. But there's definitely some dikes with CDLs out there too, right? There's a shuttle. Of course. There's a shuttle going. But it also needs to be in some kind of um, integrative relationship with whoever originally populated this land right no land is just like oh look at this fantasy land right no. that somebody else doesn't belong on more 
No, I feel like a queer commune is going to be really invested in both living on that land and stewarding it and taking care of it and also not necessarily using that land as an, like a grounding agent for what they own and what belongs to them. So just because even if they live there for like 50 years, yeah. somebody came by was like, listen, I feel like the queer commune would have to be like, all right, how can we either like repatriate this land yeah. or basically be the caregivers, but not the owners of the land and like any profits that the land is made on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's like Toshi Reagan can be like the prime minister or whatever and can assemble a rotating um, council. <laughs> and instead of state of the unions, we just get um, readings of Octavia Butler operas. <laughs> That's true. The opera would have to play some kind of really important role. I mean, that's I mean, the living constitution of the... <laughs> <laughs> of the what? Of the project. Yeah. All right. Of the collaborative living project. I feel like a queer commune, you know, it would probably cost a lot to with a to maintain and also to kind of assemble and collect all the things and take care of everybody but it still probably wouldn't cost 89 million yeah i mean for 89 million dollars there's a lot of things you could do and you know i was just thinking since libra among other things and venus as an energy as well has a lot to do with assigning value to things it might be fun to look at some other experiences that feel aligned with Libra and try to figure out how much they cost and therefore uh, how many of those things you could get for $89 million instead of trying to colonize Europa, one of Jupiter's moons. What do you think? I think um, I'm ready for the challenge. Yeah. All right. Well, first off, we're going to start not too hard, not too hard. So Gala. How many gua sha facials do you think you could get for $89 million? Whoa. Gua sha facials. Maybe you can get like 50 million. Well, for my research, you get 237,333 top tier gua sha facials for $89 million. <laughs> Okay, that's going to give me a good number basis. So with a gua sha facial, we're looking around in the 200,000 range. Mm -hmm. All right, I've got another one for you. Mm -hmm. How many first class flights to Paris do you think you could get for $89 million? You know, I also want to say that this question rings to me, and this is kind of a Libra journey. It's almost like instead of pretending you know what it takes to have a lesbian commune, either on space or on Earth, it's like you could just give away this many of this thing to lesbians on Earth. You know? <laughs> so it's like if instead Grimes gave away $89 million worth of first class tickets to Paris, how many could how many lesbians could win that prize right and then she could actually like really cement herself as a true mm -hmm. daikon you know yeah. and not a radish really? 
<laughs> wow, I love that. Thank you so much for that one. You're welcome. Um, all right, so I think maybe first class tickets to Paris. Mm, let's go with fifty thousand. Twenty thousand eight hundred and four. If you were to book right now, first class to go there for a week from JFK. All right. Still twenty, almost twenty-one thousand first-class tickets to Paris from New York. But instead, she wants to take us to another planet. Instead, <laughs> she wants to take us to another planet. Give the dykes what they want. For instance, how many tropical fruit subscriptions do you think you get for eighty-nine million dollars? Wow. Well, with that Gua Sha number. I'm thinking maybe closer to three hundred thousand. Um, the the highest price that I found is one hundred and fifty nine dollars for a subscription. I imagine that's for maybe a couple months. Let's see, but five hundred and fifty six thousand two hundred and fifty. Wow! I know. Look at that. You could blast the dikes on Earth. Over five hundred thousand of them with a tropical fruit subscription. Yeah. Think about that. I'm thinking about it. I'm really thinking about it. All right. You know what, though? I don't want us to get the idea mm -hmm. that Libra Dykes are only in it for themselves. How many pit mm -hmm. bulls mm -hmm. could you save? How many pit bulls could you rescue for $89 million? You know, let's go with 300000 I'm just, that's my number now again. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. 178000 at a cost of $500 per adoption. Wow. Think about how many dykes you could make happy. And, and pit bulls on top of that. Okay, so, you know, uh, other things you might want to have around the house. How many mm -hmm. crystal dildos? Do you think? Wow. Crystal dildos. 780,000. I guess it really depends on which one you go with. I'm looking at the Shock Rubs Original Prism Clear Quartz Dildo, and it actually costs the same amount as a tropical fruit subscription at about $160, meaning, once again, you could give 556,250 dykes a crystal dildo instead of colonizing Europa. Or, alternately, you could give 278,125 dykes a fruit subscription and then give their other 278,125 dykes, who perhaps are their sex partners, a crystal dildo <laughs> and they could share each other. You know, yeah, now they love to share. That's an assumption of monogamy only because it makes it easier for math. But still, think about it for poly I'm... folks. <laughs> Speaking of giving and giving back, how many cordwood houses do you think you could build with $89 million? Gosh, I have no idea how much it costs to build a house. Like just none, just like no concept. I don't know. I feel like it costs like a, at least a million dollars to build a house like that. No, in fact, the whole point of cordwood houses is, is that they're built using a lot of reusable or recycled materials and um, integrate fairly well into their environments. And uh, a, a lot of stuff you can get from your local junkyard. So even even this profesh guy said that he could build 1,000 square foot cordwood houses for $90,000. That is labor and materials included. 
If you want to build it, yeah. So if you want to hire this guy, you could build 988 cordwood houses. If you want to do it yourself, though, if you and your um, queer commune who actually believes in sharing want to do it yourself, you could build 11,125 because allegedly you can build them for about $8 per square Can you repeat that number? How many houses? 11,125. Wow. Hmm. Now, it's not all altruism, right? Some folks really want to um, enjoy themselves, right? That's true. So I guess my question is, how many Northern Lights yurt glamping experiences do you think you could get? for $89 million. Wow. Well, I also want to say, you know, it's just true that dykes love the Northern lights. They just do. I don't know what that's about, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But they've been, you know, maybe you can get like, uh, 35,000 dykes out underneath the Northern lights. Very close. I found some trip packages that were around $3,000. So that would have been mm, just under 30,000 dykes. They ranged anywhere from 1,800 pounds to 4,600 pounds. So I went for like the mid range. So I think that you could, I can say with confidence that you might even be able to get a package deal there, right? If you're going to send $89 million their way, they might let you get 35,000 dykes under those lights. And if there's anything a dyke likes under those lights, it's a package deal. (laughs) (laughs) should we do one more all right one more and then we can just talk about you know we can just talk about the stars Mm -hmm. do you want to do gold-plated steaks growing your own magic mushrooms Mm, fancy linen sheets maybe growing your own magic mushrooms all right i think that's a really libran experience um i think you know they're really like into the mycelium, you know, the building of the community and the collaboration and the taking care of each other, the, the like language aspect of things where they're delivering messages from one living thing to the other, the underworld aspect of Libras, all very, all very relational. Here's the thing. If you want to see the Northern Lights without leaving your home, you can do that because you can grow magic mushrooms in your closet. Yeah, yeah, listen to that Aquarius tell you how to see the Northern Lights. (laughs) I don't know about you, but when I've taken magic mushrooms in my own home, I for sure did not see the Northern Lights. All I saw was the sordidness of the past. Um, So, (laughs) uh, no, that's not true. I just want it to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so your own kits. Yep. How many dykes could grow their own kits and then distribute the wealth of the medicine everywhere to, to dykes and allies and friends near and far who are equipped to take the journey with them? Yeah. Maybe like uh, 57,000. 523,000. 529 dykes <laughs> could grow their own magic mushrooms 
for $89 million. So Grimes. Yeah. I've got some ideas for you. Yeah. It's not too late to rethink this. Speaking. <sighs> not speaking. Speaking of the future, <laughs> should we talk about what's happening astrologically? <laughs> I would love to talk about what's happening astrologically. Why not? We have a new moon coming up in a handful of days. Mm-hmm. It may not. This episode may not be out before it, but it probably will be out shortly thereafter. Yeah, probably within the influence, I would say. I would say so, the orb. Yeah, we have the October 6th new moon in the AM for the Northern Hemisphere peeps. Peeps. It it is in Libra, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it is conjunct the sun, obviously, because that's what the new moon does. And then... Oh, what's this? It's also conjunct Mars in Libra. Great, fabulous, difficult. <laughs> Is it really? Damn, does that happen for both lunations this month? <laughs> Fuck, we're fucked. <laughs> it's fun. Mars in Libra. So Mars Here's- must combust the sun, yeah. Damn. And Rose, what happens when Mars is combust the sun? Well, first, quite literally, we can't see it from Earth, right? It kind of disappears. Um, hmm. Wait. <laughs> Mars loves to disappear. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's getting ready to come back in Scorpio. It's like not that wild. And usually I think that it just it gets upstaged a little bit. And um, the consciousness and the will overcomes the actual um, ability to exert itself. Right. So, Mm. uh, and so we do get wrapped up in desire, I think, but, uh, there can be a real frustration or feeling of impotence. Huh? Well, it's a good thing then that at the same time as that's happening, Mars will also form an inconjunction to Uranus (laughs) in retrograde. So, you know, just when you thought, God, I just can't fucking move things forward and get what I want the way I want them. Yeah. And like, why can't I get comfortable also? Right. And in conjunct in general is like an aspect of discomfort. And then Mm -hmm. like mm, Uranus in Taurus, which is like discomfort in the sign that craves comfort the most, both of whom are going to be answering (laughs) still to Venus and Scorpio, which, uh, which is, um, a little spicy, a little spiteful, a little possessive. Huh? A little bit in its fall. Yeah, right? So, um, <laughs> which also, though, it's not opposing by a degree. You know, it is in that tension with Uranus and Taurus. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think, like, this looks like, especially at the beginning of cuffing season, to have this kind of volatility happening when you want to be, like, sowing a, a seed, like, maybe the seeds you sow for relationship might not have, like, the greatest harvest? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, something to keep in mind, right, is that all of that stuff that's happening in Libra during the new moon 
it is going to be opposite Chiron and Aries, three yep. degree. Yep. So it is waning that influence a little bit, but it still has an impact. I would say that, you know, anytime there's a new moon in Libra, theoretically, theoretically, it's a great time for cuffing season. Yeah. You know, there is this element of openness to sharing Mm-hmm. what you feel close to, what you feel intimate about, what you want to kind of imagine for the world with someone new. Mm-hmm. There's just a, a kind of new possibility of attraction too. Like I think that there's yeah. something about a new moon in Libra during cuffing season as it goes, that's very much about like, hmm, maybe this is my type, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe even, especially when it comes to with that retrograde influence, a little bit of like sparking up a relationship that already exists. Yeah. What I think about what we are now calling quote unquote and have, I don't know, the youth uh, cuffing season for couples that are already quote unquote cuffed. Now that sounds bad, right? I'm like, I mean, if you're cuffed consensually and for like kink play, I think that's great. I think that if you're like quote unquote cuffed and like (laughs) in like your partnership, I'm like, seek help. But um, Blink twice (laughs) if you need help. (laughs) <laughs> don't go we to jupiter over the breakup though you know listen that's that is a we can talk a little bit about that yeah, too yeah. for sure but there's something to be said for it because it's like um there's a there's a kind of trying that's possible but i will say that there can be difficulty yeah. with a lot of existing partnerships for sure or even maybe with people who both feel afraid of being alone in the winter Mm. Uh, or especially if there's going to be more lockdowns and, but at the same time have grown very attached to their independence. Yeah. I I think that like one of the things that has the potential because of that co-presence of Mars and Libra, but it being combust the sun, I think there's a potential to, uh, plant a seed of future resentment that perhaps comes to a head at the full moon. Ooh. Ooh, planting a seed of resentment. Well, from from not feeling empowered to take earnest action or actually like assert what you need or how you would like something to be different, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the Uranian influence in there. Like knowing that something needs to change, but because it's in that in conjunct like you're not quite to where like you have a clear picture of it and then can identify what you actually can or can't do to change it. Right. It's just that like, there's a rock in my shoe, but I am not at a point where I can stop and take it off, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. way that like pushing forward through that discomfort isn't always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you should just sit down right now well, i mean and there i think that one thing that i'm definitely envisioning for the new moon right is that there i mean we'll say this all the time like it's not like it's just a new moon moment but especially with libra i think in libra energy there is an impulse to sort of veil your experience mm-hmm. to smother it for the sake of peace right for the sake of like the copacetic experience yeah. and The truth is, right, is I think as, especially as you just live your life and you study other people, and if you're a person who notices things, you will see that any kind of tension is always alive and well. It's never hidden. It's never a secret. Like 
people just leak what they don't say. They leak it in the way they regard each other, how they communicate about the simplest things from like vegetables to the like dog schedules to (laughs) when a blanket is too heavy and like, you know, they'll just figure out a way, right. To communicate that there's been a breakdown Mm. of regard. Yeah. And something to think or keep in mind, right, is um, the fact that while there are some issues with where the planets are and sort of how they could be, you know, not to our best interest during the new moon, it's also true that, you know, Ceres has been in Gemini for a while. Mm. And, you know, around the new moon, she will be at 12 degrees. And there can be a trine there to Libra and Mars. And if we think about ways, like what kind of lessons series has for us, like the myth of series, the story of series, there's this lesson of grief, the the power of our grief and our grievances, right? Mm -hmm. Our desire to be accompanied, you know, our desire to be seen for what we offer, (laughs) right? And a willingness to come to the table and negotiate. Yeah. It's a good right? point. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I was thinking about is, as you were taking us there was um, the point, the degree point in which Mercury entered its shadow period and, and will station when it moves direct again is also very close to this leap. So it's already like there's a sense, this is a pretty sensitive point mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. the next you know, the preceding few weeks and like the next four or five weeks. So there might be the seed of understanding around that, that could be planted, you know, there could, Mm. but it means that you do have to go inside and listen to like where and why you're having this discomfort or this frustration or this like embedded kind of an emotional splinter or something that you're trying to dig out, particularly in relationship. Right. So it's like, do you think it would be of use for people to maybe think about, you know, say September 6th or thereabout? Yeah. And um, just if there were any conflicts or energies that were occurring during that time between them and people that they've chosen to build lives with, maybe collaborate with in ways that were fundamental to the life they're building. Yeah. And whether or not those conflicts have actually gotten the chance to be, I don't know. Aired out. Aired out, worked with, <laughs> shared. <laughs> shared, right. Well, because there's also going to be an opportunity, you know, when Saturn begins moving direct again, it's going to move forward and like trying that point as well, you know. So mm-hmm. there's, there's some air for understanding. Right and air for understanding, (laughs) but it's gonna require like a little uh, zooming out a little bit, right? Like a little Mm -hmm. more perspective, which is really hard to do when Mars is inside of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Right, could be feeling particularly sensitive, taking things personally, uh, a quickening happen to anybody. Yeah, but we get a little relief, don't we? A couple days later, October eighth when venus moves into sagittarius 
Right? Uh, I'm very excited about that, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also going to change the tenor of so much of the sky, right? Because... Mm-hmm. We still have so many things in Libra, which will be then answering to Venus. And then Uranus, of course, instead of answering to Scorpio, will be answering to Venus and Sag. Though that's another ink and junk, right? So it's not totally yeah, but maybe. But, you know, I do, I do think that I will say that um, if we're talking about things that people value, yeah. <laughs> that Venus and Sagittarius can value a little discomfort. Yeah. That's you true. know, can sort of work with it, use it to their advantage. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Saturn is going to station direct just a couple of days after Venus and Sag. Mm-hmm. You know, not so bad. I think Saturn retrograde. I know, I know it's a frequent retrograde, but yeah, I don't love it. Not for me. Not for me in Aquarius as a fixed sign. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, it's just like we have to remember that it's just part of this whole tenor of this square with um, Uranus. That's like pretty painful, right? Mm. Now, speaking of a couple of squares, (laughs) (laughs) what about that full moon? In Libra. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be really fun on October 20th. And this is where I think that, like, um, if there's a place where you can throw hatchets or break stuff or go skydiving or do something, like, exuberant and active, it will help you because we're going to have the moon in Aries at 27 degrees opposite the sun in Libra at 27 degrees with Mars in a close enough conjunction again it's at 23 degrees Libra right so it's certainly close enough to be active so both lunations have Mars co-present which does not always happen but sometimes you get real lucky that mm-hmm. also happens to be like in the period just after Mercury has stationed to go direct in Libra. So it's like everything that somebody was biting their tongue about or like holding back, perhaps they're now getting ready to um, spill. <laughs> so Saturn's moving forward again. Mercury's moving forward again. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. Jupiter is about to move forward again. So it's slowed way, way down at 22 degrees. And at, at this point, it's kind of just appearing to be hovering in the air, right. As it gets ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. So the positive notes of this is, is that like, there's, um, anything that's just felt really gummed up or like you're fucking running in mud or like a conversation where you keep that you keep having in relationship that doesn't seem to go anywhere. You might finally get some movement here, but that movement might be a little explosive because it's going to (laughs) be touched by Pluto. Right. Mm. (laughs) So, right. But it could also be a really transformative conversation. A really like you could wind up going through a process where the both of you are deeply transformed by what transpires. Right. And I think that the key here is Pluto's going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's like, there's some element of like surrendering or, to the, to the greater good and not getting so hung up on like uh, fights of personal will. Like what is the structure that you're trying to preserve or change in your relationship? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than like who's right or wrong in like this specific instance and not necessarily being attached to like ego there. Cause I think that's where 
folks are going to get strung up. You know what I mean? I do. And I feel like what you're speaking to, it makes me think about, you know, just a few, just a couple minutes earlier when we were talking about the new moon, right. And sort of that negotiation with series, right. Um, and finding the flowing energy and all those tensions and those discomforts and that flowing energy being around negotiation Mm -hmm. around finding a balance that works for both parties. Right. If you think about series and like, I mean, we, we can't go back to the whole myth because you know, it's definitely a lot of sexual violence in there, but I feel like if we're just talking about the negotiation between the overworld and the underworld, (laughs) right. Um, (laughs) and figuring out a way to negotiate who gets what, how much time, what works for both parties, then that full moon can be a kind of um, a survey and inventory, Mm. right? Around whether or not that negotiation has proved fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, right? And then you get the opportunity to release what's not working, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes what you're letting go of is like, um, you know, a rigid mindset around like the way something has to be for it to work. And sometimes it's literally letting go of an aspect of, if not the whole relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like sometimes it's like full moons are sometimes about letting go, but sometimes they're just about taking stock. Right. Like, so it's like, if you need to let something go for sure. Right. But if what you found at the end of that process, that retrograde meets, (laughs) you know, that, trine and the Mars discomfort and things just not working out because you need to find a compromise. If at the end of all of that negotiation, what you find is that actually there's another way to do things and you've mm-hmm. tried it, right? Mm-hmm. And it works. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually spend time thinking about how well it works. Yeah. I, I also do want to note that, um, Jupiter is an orb here of this T-square, so it is giving some supportive energy to Mars, mm-hmm. but that supportive energy could just be growing, growing of feelings, right? Making them bigger, making a sense of self-righteousness a little more inflated because it's both sextiling the moon in Aries and it's trining the sun-Mars conjunction in Libra, right? So it's kind of puffing up both sides on the conflict, Ooh, something that, you know, I can understand as a Sagittarian experience. (laughs) I want to say that like, too, that's another example of choice, right? Where the way that you work with Jupiter (laughs) can go either way, right? So you can use Jupiter as a kind of egging on, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) To like double all your bets. (laughs) Or you could think about it as an opportunity to let your conflict be your teacher. Right. And to also try to seek out because it is in Aquarius, which is a sign of collective to try to find like the capital T truth that, that holds the center of the Venn diagram. Right. And like, what's a truth or something that like we both want to, or do believe in that we can work towards or let be our uh, influence rather than digging in our heels deeper and deciding that we are right. And we alone are. Yeah. And even like, I mean, beyond just sort of, cause you know, sometimes there's more than one truth as we know. <laughs> I also think that it's a great time to speaking of collective, right. 
dip into collective teachings, right? Yes. With Jupiter involved with Aquarius, which is to say that instead of thinking like, oh, we have a dynamic issue. And I mean, we're talking about dynamics a lot. I think Libra is yeah. optimally, it's a relationship. That's all dykes seem to care about. <laughs> um, so it's like, let's say, you know, it's just a really, I think it's okay. My bird's talking, just so you it. know. Um, you know, he has something to say about codependence, which is what I'm going to talk about. Because <laughs> okay. I do think that something that can be gained here, right, is mm -hmm. really trying to place the conflicts that you're experiencing on an interpersonal level, on a private intimate level, into a collective sphere, right? There are people that have loved this way before us, and there are yeah. people that have loved this way after us. And if there is something between us that isn't working, it might be just the fault of the two of us, right? Yeah. Or it might be about the way that we have been taught relationships are supposed to work, <laughs> you know? And if we can zoom kind of out a little bit, right? Use that like Aquarian parallax view, like perhaps we can use the tools that are around mm. and have been written and collected on all those, <laughs> you know, whether it is just like, again, Gala the evangelist, like whether it is just like literally reading like the new codependency, <laughs> you know like just read a little <laughs> you know the new codependency is the same as codependent no more it just includes texting and emailing and all the ways that we're like supposed to be present for people every single minute of every single day yeah. um but you know whether it's something like that or it's about i don't know trying out meditation together trying out all these different ways to not be so stuck so tied into patterns that maybe are very deeply personal private but are also really an inheritance right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's true so yeah that's some thoughts that's kind of <laughs> that's what we're in for as we're leading up to scorpio season right i think that covers most of the major 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 things mm-hmm I think that's enough. Mercury does go direct on the 18th, that though we true. haven't we haven't given y'all a date if you've been listening for mm -hmm. it. But the shadow period is going to be going on well into Scorpio season. So, you know, I think what Rose said earlier is really applicable here. Those seeds of resentment, if you so choose to sow them, right? Yep. <laughs> you will find yourself getting ready to reap them just think of think about that what else do we need to talk to people about do we need to talk about the l word can we just let it be and let maddie do her thing <laughs> maddie is really on top of it you should definitely just subscribe to her recaps and read all the past ones you could just read them instead of watching it i think but you can also watch it too whatever yeah <laughs> i do want to just note that they gave mike a haircut and it still didn't help because apparently people only have scissors there he and finley both have a weird scissor cut there's no fade it's you know as we know the l word has had something against masculinity for a long time a very long time <laughs> and i for one am tired of it it's like we can talk about it but i just feel like it's not our, we did we did so much on the last episode that i think whatever we have to say it can't even come close to all the things maddie's got to say because yeah 
it's all been said. You could just go and check it out. Just go do it. We don't need redundancy here. You may need three rescue pit bulls, but you don't need three L word recaps. And that's that on that. It's very true. Yeah. I think that, um, we just want to wish you luck. (laughs) (laughs) The odds be ever in your favor. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh don't forget that if it's getting colder outside you should actually pack layers yes don't let libra season make you feel like looking good means being underdressed (laughs) libra rules the evening which is when it gets cold you know yeah. Grab a yeah, scarf, yeah. a nice cashmere hat, you know? Yeah, or a vegan or a vegan hat. Stay warm, you know, bring it up if you've got a problem, but try and do like five minutes of breathing before you do so that maybe your message gets out right, but don't hold it in. Don't hold it in. I guess we'll see you next month. Gal, you have anything you need to promote? Anything that's going down for you? Anything you want people to know? Gosh. I know it sounded so um, enthusiastic. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. In the, in the thusi- <laughs> enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to promote. I mean, whatever. Everything I have to promote is the same thing. I no. It's the same thing all the time. So, no. Rose, do you have any spots to read the stars? For Dykes inquiring, I do, I do. I've got some, uh, I've got some readings open for lesbian Libra season. Yeah, you can book through my website roseblakeluck.com. You can find it on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram. You can like, rate, review, and subscribe this podcast if you'd like some other queer in the deep south or in some far flung country. And you it. don't need a les. You don't need to. You don't need a lesbian, and you don't need to be a lesbian to have Rose read your stars because it's also true. You know, she's fully equipped to just do it for any old body. It takes all kinds. It's true, <laughs> and I actually I like all kinds of people. Don't worry about it. I'm an Aquarius. You know, I'm a people person. That's a geese goose. You know. <laughs> I feel like an Aquarius is totally a geese goose. Yeah, you're right. I'm a geese goose. <laughs> you might be more of a geese goose than a people person. But... Take a gander. Who knows? <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. Big Dyke Energy is mixed and recorded by Rose Blakelock and features original theme music by Knight of Cups. To sign up for her L Word recaps, visit www.maddiecourt.com and a Tropical Fruit Box subscription at $160 will get you four months of fruit. <laughs>